all one one all it's okay. a silvo pasture regenerative farm founded by uh the d'artagnan foundation that's amazing tell me a little bit about some of the enterprises you have going on since you have a huge list what are the big ones <laughs> okay so we are we're a silvo pasture we have a bunch of orchard trees which means we'll have a bunch of fruits and nuts one day um we have a, a big berry program we also have a cut flower program um, we also do work with the livestock conservancy. We have Caracool sheep. We started with three. Now we have 13. Almost everyone's pregnant. Uh, the Caracool sheep we use for, um, their fiber. So we shear them twice a year. Uh, we sell the fiber in the farm stand. We also milk them. We're working on trying to produce yogurt, but that's hard. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, you know, applications and, and, um, getting our processes down right. But one day that will there will be yogurt in that situation and cheese, hopefully. We do meat with them. So there's the sheep have like three basic products. And um, we have uh, a big market garden. So we have a bunch of produce, produce and herbs, um, perennial herbs, annual herbs. Um, and all of these products go right now to our farm stand. So the farm stand is where we sell all these products, but we also take them, transform them and sell like for example, a fudge popsicle, you know, and the fudge popsicle, we don't make chocolate here. Obviously we don't grow chocolate, um, but um, we do have the sheep. So it's sheep's milk fudge popsicles. So we try to make it fun and get people, we'll use any excuse. <laughs> um, we try to make it fun and get people involved in what's growing here at the farm. We'll also make a bunch of frittatas, for example, because we have around 300 chickens. So we have a bunch of eggs every day and so the farm stand has a a decent menu like a by decent I mean in terms of size a decent menu it's like 10 12 different things every weekend very that's egg-based <laughs> that's a lot of yeah, things though <laughs> yeah so that's it basically um trees sheep chickens flowers the Herbs. farm stand herbs and soon to be distillery where we'll take our herbs and we'll make our own type of chartreuse there's a lot going on <laughs> all right so just for all that like everybody would assume you're on like 100 to 200 acres and in reality the farm is 15 acres mm -hmm. take me a little bit down that road of how you pack so much into such an area without the chickens mm -hmm. getting out and eating all of your herbs or the sheep getting in and grazing everything down. How do you stack those functions without the sanity slipping? <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's a framework. Um, and the framework is basically, we have these orchard rows, which are 42 feet apart from each other. And um, those orchard rows are then uh, in between each 42 feet boom, there's two lines of fodder tree rows. And we've done that all the way from the top of the hill. Actually, I kind of have a map. I know this is kind of half of the site, but basically orchard row, orchard row, and in between the orchard rows, we have fodder tree rows. And so the whole site is organized this way. What's really beautiful about this system is that it creates a block that's 82 feet long, for a little shy of 42 feet wide. And these are our grazing blocks for the sheep. And we, right now, we protect the orchard rows with Electronet panels. They're solar charged, they're super easy. It's like, I mean, I'm sure you've worked with them, but yes. for anybody who's listening who doesn't know how that works, it's like you grab one of the sticks, you grab in the middle of the net, and then you grab the other stick and you can just walk through the field and organize your pasture. There's a few exceptions to this organization of orchard, fodder, fodder, orchard. 
At one point, it goes orchard and then market garden. And we have six beds of full-on like veggies. And then there's another exception, which is uh, instead of the two fodder tree rows all the way across the site, it's all berries, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries. That's the basic setup. And so what we do is we run the sheep through. Um, they're just free. They're in the Electronet panels. They last, depends. So we look at the grass. Um, uh, they last two to four days in each, um, let's call it block. And then we move them through. The block stays empty a few days. Then we move the chickens through. We use old horse trailers that we've fixed up a bit and put an auto door on. We'll bring the chickens through with that. We open, the chickens come after. And then we leave that plot of land alone. And we just run through the site like that throughout the whole year. Well, throughout the whole year. Throughout the grazing season. In the winter, everybody comes closer to the barn. So it's easier to breed. It's easier to check on things. It's easier to feed them. It's easier to keep the water not frozen. A strong framework is how we do that. <laughs> I love it. So farmers would definitely ask, like, what are your fodder trees? What are your favorite, uh, like, buffers that are high nutrient, of course, for the sheep? We have a few different fodder trees. And we're also, we've only been here three years. So we're also learning, like, how they're growing, how it's going. You know, we're, so some that we thought were going to be really successful were a little bit less. And some that we were really excited about. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, tell me, tell me those because we're all kind <laughs> of figuring it out. <laughs> so we have a hybrid poplar. False indigo, black locust, red mulberry, white mulberry. Those are the basic ones. So tell me some we're, winners we're really, and losers on that yeah. <laughs> We're really happy with the hybrid poplar. We're really happy with the false indigo and the black locust. The, what we One of the big things that we've pulled from what we've done the last three years is that we planted the trees immediately, we tubed them, and then we started grazing. Like We didn't wait and like let things establish. We were like, let's try this, let's go. Um, and so uh, what we've discovered is it's important to move the sheep fast and you cannot not move them fast because girdling trees that young is a terrible, is bad. <laughs> um, and so some of the trees, that said, some of the trees that did get girdled, um, which is why it's nice to have spiny, you know, it's, it's nice to have, trees that have spines on them because they can protect themselves. But for example, the reason why I didn't say hybrid poplar off the bat is because those got girdled. Um, a lot of them got girdled. But what is cool about that is that after they got girdled, they basically really grew in like a very bushy form. So then they protected their, their girdled bits. And now like when I run the sheep through year two and year three coming up, that there's like a natural protection, like it's naturally made like a protective barrier. So like maybe they're going to girdle like three or four, six, then they can't shove their head in there and then girdle the rest. Right. Um, so I, with every mistake, I, whatever you want to call it, there's, there is something to learn from it. So we've started, it actually has changed how we prune our trees. We'll basically prune them. And I mean, it depends which ones I don't want to say like a, a big overarching thing and it's not true for everything but um basically we've pruned them so we keep parts of it like low and bushy so that the sheep can always get to it but it also has a natural form of protection we've taken off the tubes except in winter we do try to put some tubes back in because um i don't want bulb damage <laughs> um and then so we'll prune it kind of wacky on the bottom and then up top we let it grow long and slender and tall so they can't get to 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 that element and then up top we let it bush out again so then that's shade and so there like we're talking about stacking things it's like food for the sheep 
shade for the sheep, shade for the grass. Like it, there is some research that shows that in the summer, if you have shaded pasture, it keeps its, its health longer. It's more nutritional. That's great. And then we have the root, the root system. That's like another stacked benefit. And then the leaf litter, which I don't know if I already said or not, but then there's the sheep that we're going to use that are eating that and that are also like walking on the ground and that are also pooping on the ground, but that are also rotationally grazing. So it's like all of those stacked effects make for a way in which we produce food that's little by little, I mean, one sequestering more carbon, but little by little creating a healthier soil, a healthier environment. And I think you kind of go back to Mark Shepard's like sheer and utter neglect is how we build the resilient trees, right? Like, I think anybody who owns animals and has tried to integrate trees has had that battle of they come in and they destroy them, but then the trees, if they're not completely destroyed, grow back even hardier with, like you said, that barrier because they're learning mm-hmm. to protect themselves. So I think mm-hmm. with animals yeah. with trees, like mistakes end up being happy mistakes for something, but <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, not always. We'll not say that like omnipresent, but I think that's something mm-hmm. that like. I personally just, you know, the, the forestry department says well, the trees have to be grown in a certain way and you absolutely can't mm-hmm. really put animals in. And we have found like you, like, yeah, it's not the most perfect system, but it does provide some other weird benefits that come out. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. And I don't know, you know, like I don't, I was looking at it. It was like, we got to tube them. We got to tube these. We got to, and then like we, we look and maybe obviously like there's a lot going on and and we're not like research specific like we're not we don't know everything about everything but I we did find that like a lot of the trees that we tubed like maybe we kept on too long and maybe the tubes that we did get didn't have the right amount of holes or too many holes or we shouldn't have used two zip ties and only one releasable zip tie you know whatever but like sometimes it creates like these flimsy trees and then you're yeah, because they don't. Yes, get I to, agree with what you're saying. They don't get to build wind resistance, and they were talking about uh, they did an experiment that trees that were grown like without wind were not able to support themselves by the time they reached full maturity, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Like, so okay, we need the elements. Like <laughs> right. the whole point of regenerative <laughs> agriculture is like working with nature. So I love it. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about other stack functions. Like obviously the chickens are like huge okay. producers, but chickens do everything else too. So what's their job? Yeah. The, <laughs> the chickens, those are really great because they just, well, there are insect police, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, but they basically go after, I mean, this is like the classic, you know, the easy classic one this is the home run one. It's like the sheep go, they're on the pasture, they're grazing in a certain way and they're pooping. And then we wait a few days, more insects come because poop is delicious and very nutritious. <laughs> um, and then more, more insects come, we wait a few days, little eggs will hatch and a little poop. It's great. And those insects, like we're also trying to create food. So I don't really want those around, but then we bring the chickens in and all of a sudden the chains are like, Oh, we love this. We love little larvae. We love little insects. And we love like finding our food and scrapping through things by like literally spreading manure. So it's like <clears throat> one, I don't have to spread manure Two, I, I don't have to spray things as much. So like, that's like the basic, easy, easy, simple one, but also the chickens, they get all the scraps from the farm stand. Well, at the farm stand, we can either give the scraps to the worms, which make, you know, casings, which we can then put back in the soils, or the things that I don't want going to the worms that I do want going to the chickens. Boom, we take those, give them to the chickens. They eat that. And then their eggs are even more nutritional, valuable to us. And also their meat, you know, and it's like another way that things are stacked. What other functions are like underlying? What other things are you getting into? So part of the framework that allows us to, play in this domain is um, 
the brush piles. And the brush piles is a, a pretty good example of how things can get stacked, um, how you can farm with beneficial insects, how you can use the birds to help you out, how you can um, take what you think is a problem and turn it into something that's useful. So you have, we have here about 2000 trees. Um, so that makes a lot of branches. Um, we're pruning, but also sometimes like branches, you know, fall or need to be cut. Um, from like the older trees on the perimeter of the farm. And uh, all those branches, they find their way to a brush pile. We have brush piles every 300 yards, plus or minus on the site. What's really cool about that is nobody wants unsightly sticks all over the place when you're trying to make people visit and drive around and do work. So and move netting, right? Like who's yeah. the netting and all the trees are in it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we basically put them in this pile and uh, voles love it. They're like, oh my God, there's cover. I'm safe here. This is great. And so voles go in there. They make their little huts and their little houses and blah, 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 whatever. And uh, snakes are like, oh, this is amazing. I also love it. So then the snakes go there, which is great because I'm not a really big snake. So the snakes go um, and they eat the voles, which is great because I don't want a ton of voles, you know, but I have taken over a bunch of space. And so I can't, I don't want to kick out the voles. I just want to give them a spot for them to like be that's like maybe more pleasant than my trees, you know, but that spot also allows the snakes to come. And not only that, but like snakes all also attract. And I've seen this two times. It's amazing. They attract bigger birds and birds will come down and poof, grab a snake. But if you, that doesn't happen, because that is a little bit of a rare occurrence. If you think about it, a brush pile is wood in various forms of decay. What is that? That's overwintering habitat for insects. Great. It's also egg laying habitat for insects. Great. So all the insects, not all the insects, but insects will go there instead of like on my trees, on the tomatoes I'm trying to grow on the, you know, they will prefer to go there. Lots of insects. The birds are happier. The birds are like, this is amazing. So all of a sudden, like more birds go there. What's a perch? A perch. I mean, most birds hunt from a perch. A perch is a branch. So one, we have a bedrillion perches here which is great so there's like this is like serious hunting ground for birds which is great because at the market garden like I don't I don't want to spray and that means like I need help with the insects so the more birds I have yeah they'll eat some of my fruits yeah sure but also they're gonna help me out with the insects anyway so those brush piles are for me like one of the best and most simple examples of how you can stack the deck in your favor and like farm with nature or like shepherd a piece of land so that you're not trying to eradicate habitat and like my way or the highway, but you're, you're farming in a way that isn't like, that is more cognizant of how the world works. <laughs> and um, ideally where it has less inputs. I don't know. That's one of my favorite stack the deck stories because it's so simple and, and anyone can do it. Like anyone at home can do that. Like you have a bunch of sticks, you have a bunch of leaf litter, you everybody see you see everybody blowing leaves and putting them in bags and trying to get rid of them but like th that's useful stuff yeah I'm actually I'm actually the person calling those landscapers <laughs> and being like drop me off the leaves I want them <laughs> I love that because we we think of pests and like how do we eradicate that's not how nature works right but you create these little magnets that you can keep them contained without them destroying everything so it's mm -hmm. really like a brilliant way to like 
because then you can set the piles where you want them and not put them right yeah. beside the market garden and right beside all the things that you need not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's totally not about eradicating. Like, I think it's in our mentality, it's like the human mentality of like, that's how things work. Mm, yes. No. It's, it's like, wait, actually, like, let's kind of like try to work with or like work alongside because when you eradicate, like you do, you know, I, who am I to say that? wolves have no I I think the wolves are important I don't want them eating my trees all the time but like I think snakes are important so like I should feed the snakes the wolves it just seems more sensitive and thoughtful well and also it's not adding a function like you you create the spots and then it's not like you have to maintain the system or anything (laughs) (laughs) nature maintains the system and usually if nature maintains it it's pretty good so (laughs) so let's take a little bit of a left-hand turn and talk about your business enterprises because Mandy do a lot of stuff um <laughs> tours workshops private events mm-hmm. picnics picks. Mm-hmm. did i miss any like what yeah no that's basically it we'll we're so we're a nonprofit. we're an education-based nonprofit. the whole goal and we'll use any excuse from yeah the fudge popsicle to the sheep's and fudge popsicle to the workshops to whatever um to like a mother's day picnic whatever to get people to a farm that's using farming as a tool for good. Like, I just want to build community around that. And I, I, I'll do it shamelessly. Like, I'll be like, oh, you like flowers? Let's do your pick. Oh, you like muffins? Okay, you know what? I don't think muffins really belong on the farm really exactly because I'm not growing, you know, wheat. But I know somebody who is, Wild High Farms. They're awesome. They mill to order. Awesome guy. He's a big beekeeper. And we have berries. So, boom, muffins. You like muffins? Come to the farm. But anyway, the point is the workshops, they're great. They're a great uh, community building tool. Um, They're also great to get people here. And they run the gamut from, you know, cooking workshops where we literally go in the field, we get tomatoes and we do like a tomato, 101 tomato. And it's like tomato 10 ways. And we like, we confit the tomato. We like, we'll, we'll do, we'll do sauces. We'll do paste. We'll like, we'll dehydrate it. We'll make hot air balloons out of, I mean, we'll do, we'll like go to town. We do like pestos, we do sauces, we do all about pumpkins. We really run the gamut on the on the food, like the culinary workshops. But then we'll also do uh, kids workshops, cultivate curiosity signs at the farm. There's signs happening all around here, you know, and for all ages. And so we'll get we'll get, you know, uh, little homeschool groups or scout groups, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, or somebody wants to do a birthday party, but they also want to do an educational event, or they just want to run around and like get fresh eggs and bring six eggs home. We'll do that. You know, we'll, we'll, we will really will use any excuse. The other workshops that we have, there's indigo dyeing. Um, there's, I have a really great friend, um, and his wife, uh, they studied indigo and rice resist patterns. Well, indigo is a plant. So we're, we're taking this, we're making this, this fermented, this dye that, and we're teaching people about rice resist and dyeing things. And while we do that, and last year when we were doing that, there was a morning dove that had a nest above um, above the trellis, above the grape leaves, the grape leaves, we talk about what we can do with them. Um, and then they see like the garden and then as their break, like they're allowed to go into the garden and pick a bunch of tomatoes and eat them. You know, it's like, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels where food comes from. That is a good place, but also how it feels like to be in a community with human beings, because during COVID, which is when we started this project, people were pretty 
insular. And so I, <laughs> anyway, so those are all the workshops. There's more, they're all on the website, um, embroidery workshops. We have foraging workshops. Um, we have tea workshops. We have a, we grow a bunch of teas or we harvest a bunch of naturally growing teas here from like chickweed to red clover to nettle. We have stinging nettle here that grows naturally. So we'll do uh, workshops around that. Uh, we'll do workshops around, we have a bunch of willow. Willow is one of our big fodder trees, which I didn't mention before. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but willow, um, great fodder tree, but also we harvest it and we can weave baskets with it. It sounds really old school and maybe boring to some, but it's beautiful and it's natural and it's a really beautiful, awesome skill. And baskets are great because you need to carry stuff. So wonderful. We'll teach people how to do that. What else? We do also do volunteering events um, where people can come. They can come volunteer at the farm in the harvesting like produce department or with the, the animals, which is really nice. The private events are, we don't do uh, like we don't do the wedding stuff. We don't do like that. It's I don't I don't mean to make a face, but it's just like it's a whole other thing, you know. It's like and a it's, separate it's, business model, right? Like it's yeah. a different niche. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, if I if we were in this to to like break even, then we would have not like break even immediately. <laughs> we do we are in here to break even at one point. <laughs> it's very important. Um, but if if we needed to break even immediately, yeah, like weddings would have been it. But the thing is, like, we've t- we are taking an- another route. Um, like for us, it's really important. Whatever we do here always leads back to educating around solid agricultural practices because it's better for the planet and it makes better food and it's better for us ultimately. I think. But so weddings don't really fit that bill. So we don't do those. Um, but we we do do like kids' birthday parties. We do um, a reading group wanted to come here and do like a reading underneath the trellis. We were like, sure, okay. Can can we do an agricultural-ish themed book for this month? <laughs> um, yeah, we have a story walk that we change uh, for every season. So a story walk is pretty cool. We pick an age group and people will walk around the farm and they'll read a book also about food or agriculture. Um, and then we also have this kind of like farm scavenger hunt type thing where you come to the farm stand, you have a little paper with all these questions and some things you have to draw, some things you have to diagram, some things you have to answer. And they run around the farm to these different stations. There's like a bee station because we have bees here. We also have honey. Um, they'll go to the bee station. They'll go to the market garden station. They'll go to the high tunnel station. The high tunnel was, uh, I always say this because I'm grateful for it. And some people kind of poo-poo it, but that high, that the first high tunnel that we have is from an NRCS grant, National Resource Conservation. And that, that was really helpful for it. So then we'll have the scavenger hunt. Um, and that's, that's pretty neat. Um, but really the big, the big entity is the farm stand where we, we do value added products. And that's, that's really what is like what we can grow, what ultimately will help us um, break even. Uh, we are working towards the restaurant, which will be a big help for us if we do it right. I mean, lots of restaurants fail, but we're going to do this right. <laughs> um, that 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 will be in like two to three years. We're almost done with the big saga of the permits for that. And then we just got approval, federal and state approval for a small scale farm distillery. 
And that's really important to us too, because just how like the eggs are a product of this farm, the cut flowers are a product of this farm, the tomatoes are a product of the fiber is a product of this farm slash the sheep on the farm. Um, these liqueurs that we can make will be a product of the farm. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Cartusians monks that make chartreuse. No, there's a new word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is fascinating. It's these monks that like pray and sleep and work and the work is working the land and they would grow these herbs and then they would make this liqueur chartreuse many different kinds and this chartreuse is really like the essence of their work and the essence of the land and that's what they talk about as like this is the essence of our the earth that god created that's how they say it and then our work every day and that's really beautiful too because it's we'll make these liqueurs that come from herbs and flowers and like fruit pits and nutshells from this farm and that's just another product from our work <laughs> so yeah. I have to say, I'm just going, oh my God, the work level, right? Like, so you're rattling off all these things and all these people. <laughs> and I think anyone who has ever like hosted an on-farm event goes, oh my God, like, because bringing people to a farm is a whole separate experience because of their expectations, mm -hmm. not knowing boundaries. Yeah. And like, how do you even go about like handling from a system, a regenerative farm can be a little bit delicate because there's electricity, there's farm animals. Yeah. How the heck <laughs> do you build a system that is safe for people, safe for children, and mm -hmm. you don't lose mm -hmm. your mind trying to cater to all these different things? What was that process like? <laughs> for sure. I think one, I mean, you're talking to me, but behind, like, not behind, but with me, there's there's a few other people. Yeah, we're a really small and scrappy team, but this is not the, the work of one person. This is the work of, I mean, Raphael is here almost all the time working. Danielle is here all the time working her butt off. She, she has taken over the workshops from me so that those can be run properly. She does marketing. She does fundraising. She helps write. She got, she helped us get an awesome grant recently. She'll run the workshops. She'll make coffees with me when I'm like, when we're short staffed. I mean, it's a team, you know, like my mom has a full-time job. She comes here and like, she gets put, put to work and a small team, but we are, we are a team, but we, and the thing is we, like, we have heart and we care. Everybody who's on this team and has stayed on this team cares pretty deeply about this project. And we all have our strengths and weaknesses, but what we all have in common is like, we have heart and we work hard in terms of the process for like making this, um, you know, open to the public, but it's still a work farm it's all and be like hey I want to bring my kids over what animals can we pet and I'm like you know and Danielle will hear me sometimes in the response and she'll be like and I'm like well this isn't a petting zoo you know I have to like harness it in it's like I want people to feel welcome I want people to engage but I also need them to I also it's really important for them to understand like that's not that's not the relationship like right these animals don't want to be pet you know like yeah you can pet my farm dogs like sure they'll love that you know and yeah we have a friendly goose which is kind of ridiculous but there's this goose that got ostracized from his crew so he he comes and hangs out with people but yeah like how many kids have touched the electronet fencing and then they start crying because they wanted to pet a sheep well I mean we have the little electric things on it and and we do mention on the website and we do try to talk to people in a way which is like 
this is a working farm. Like there absolutely is an element of hospitality ish to it because I need you to feel safe. I need you to feel welcomed. I need it to be pretty. I need to be legible. You know, I need you to understand like the tree rows and why they're like this and the, where the tree rows become vegetable rows and where the like, you know, like there is an element of like on display can be awesome or can be really annoying. Depends who you ask. And when you (laughs) ask them, um, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's like, it's definitely something we're navigating. I wouldn't say it's something that we've like figured out and this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Is there any other like, cause all right, so you're doing so many things, so many awesome things, getting people mm-hmm. here, looking down the road for the future, looking at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. What other things are you excited about? Ultimately? I mean, I'm excited for the trees to be more mature for us to like put, you know, we worked our butts off for the last three years and now is really a time to like pause hire this awesome new farm manager, set up some systems and, and work instead of working really hard, like head down now, like working smarter and setting up systems to help us out so we can have fun and enjoy, enjoy what we're setting up. You know, we can actually enjoy it more um, and have fun while we work more. Not that we don't have fun, but it's like, it's been hard. It's been really, you know, the, the lesson to farmers, we get so excited and we yeah. run ourselves into the ground and then go, wait, we need to like breathe in between this. So yeah. Or wait, like, you know, this whole season just happened. And like, you know, I didn't sit in the hammock and watch the bees for a minute, like one minute. Not I could have done one. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, wait, I could have like actually picked the bouquet for my neighbor or for myself or, and like, I'm doing this for the, you know, so really like I'm looking forward to setting up systems that will help us get further with what we're doing instead of the input being just like work harder, work longer, setting up some systems. And I'm really stoked about this farm manager because like 17 years of experience means like things are going to go better. (laughs) They're going to be easier. You know, it's like, oh, this is this, I don't have to iterate 10 times to get to something that works for like starting the plants or the wash station or how to like, which harvestants, why these, why that, how do you know? So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm also really looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to down the line. One of our goals is to have an artist or scientist in residence. I don't know how this will work. This is more like the eight years or like six years ahead. Um, But I'd like to figure out a way to get, to get scientists and artists to come here like one or two, you know, and they could, we'd have the restaurant so they'd be fed and um, they, they could come and, and teach a lesson or a workshop, but then they could actually work on something that's either, you know, we have a show for at the restaurant or we put on display or whatever, but just getting like more interdisciplinary, like just getting more connection with people doing very different and separate things and having them actually be in the space on the land and then sharing that knowledge with people who are local who are here like increasing the exchanges and having the exchanges happen on a farm that's what i'm interested in <laughs> um yeah especially scientists i mean i feel like i always say this when a bunch of teachers will come by here like teachers from SUNY my old teachers from Cornell da, 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 whatever and i'm just like do a school project come here use this as a like use this land let's do something like come on, let's go guys. And I think, I think like the more people are exposed to this, the more, I really feel like the more kids that are exposed to this, the more this will like carry with them through their life. And 
I just want more exposure to really good farming practices. And I don't really care how we do that. I just care that it happens. And it doesn't have to be through my farm, it, it, but it, I, I just think it has to happen. That's all. That's what I'm excited about. No, I, I think it's great because that's why we're we're all like trying to figure out like what exactly is the connection. But we, we don't know exactly what that is, but we know it's kids and we know it's learning and we know it's experiencing. And then like how we express that, like, I think that's why it's yeah. so fun that all of us get to try it and report back. Yeah. And this is what definitely went wrong. And this is what definitely went right. <laughs> but I do like the overarching things that I think children's experiences on farms, while it's very tough to do that is something that really mm-hmm. like, even if the kids don't grow up to be farmers, it's still very impactful. <laughs> it, it is. I, I remember I, my mom isn't originally from here. So my school lunches were a little bit strange. They were like in a thermos and they like, I ate rabbit and I ate lamb chomps and there was a little bone, you know, and then my friends would be eating chicken nuggets or they'd be eating fruit roll-ups. And I remember looking at the chicken nugget and, and being like, what is that? I don't want to eat that. And then I remember my best friend looking at like my lamb chop and being like, what is that? I don't want to eat that. That looks like an animal. And I always think about that because it's like a kid that, or a, a human being that has that connection it, we're just going to make better decisions, I think, for the planet, but also for ourselves. Like I, and and that can happen. You know, that can that's so easy. It's just exposure. You know, it's just it's just exposure. It's like it's so much easier for us to do something about that than I think we we realize. Totally agree. We actually we had a very similar experience on our farm that we had this uh, little family come out and they, I was like, well, there's apples in season. Do you want to go pick some of the apple trees? And they're like, we don't, we don't like apples. We don't eat apples. And so we're like, well, just take a bite. Like just, it's different. <laughs> yeah. Just try it. And and so they ate a bite and they were like, I don't know. And then we go on about sport. And then all of a sudden I see their back in the tree that they're all going and picking their own apples and quietly eating them. And it, they were so uncomfortable with liking something that they weren't used to liking that they almost didn't know how to express themselves. And I'm going, what are we doing to the next generation? What is happening? Right. But (laughs) if we can cultivate these experiences where like, Mm -hmm. you know, children do get to experience that and it's okay to be different and okay to eat things that look like animals. And, you know, it's, I think it's nutritionally important. I think it's, you know, societal wise it's important, but yeah, I'm totally on the same page with you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. So yeah, share uh, website socials. How can people find you and mm-hmm. jump onto all these amazing activities that you're doing every day? It seems like <laughs> trying to or come volunteer and come help yeah. us build the project. Yeah. Um, we're the website is all one one all dot com. We have an Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook. A O O A. I know it's a little confusing. A O O A Farm. Um, that's our Instagram. Yeah, come visit anytime. We're open April till November. Um, there's so many ways to get involved. Yes, we have workshops. Yes, you can come and volunteer. Yes, you can come and just eat something delicious. We have really good food. And it's not just because we know how to cook, but it's also because you don't really need to know how to cook that well if you have really good primary ingredients, which <laughs> we do have. Yeah, come pick flowers, come hang out, come check it out. 